Welcome to the Bill Kelly Podcast. I'm Bill Kelly. Well, we know the names of the people who will be serving on the Transportation Task Force, and we know when they'll be having their first meeting. How does the Hamilton business community feel about the way things are going these days? We've invited the Chamber President, Keenan Loomis, to join us on the program. And staying with the task force, one of the members is retired journalist Richard Brennan. What's he think of all this? Well, talk to him about it. And it looks like First Ontario Center could be getting a refresh courtesy of Rancor Group, but it doesn't change the fact that Council still snubbed Michael Andelar and the Hamilton Bulldogs. The Bill Kelly Podcast starts now. Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. I want to bring Keenan Loomis, President and CEO of the Hamilton Chamber of Commerce, into the conversation. Uh, thanks for joining us. I know it's a busy weekend for you. I'm glad you could pop in here for a little while. Yeah, thanks. Happy Friday, Bill. We've had a number of discussions about LRT, a number of discussions about the disappointment when they, they said they weren't going to back the program anymore. Here we are with the task force right now. I guess the first question, now that we know who's on this, uh, what, what's your reaction? Well, I, I agree with the mayor uh, when uh, he released a statement yesterday saying that this is highly unusual. Um, don't think that we need to be going through all of this. Uh, obviously, didn't agree with the uh, with the decision to kill this project in the first place. I, I feel like we should be in the middle of, of an RFP. Um, but that said, uh, you know, the, the province has delivered on its promise to uh, put this task force together. They said it would be done by uh, the end of December. Obviously, here we are by the end of January. Um, they still insist that the deadline for this task force is the end of February. I don't see how that's going to be possible. That's an awfully tight time frame. It is a tight timeline, but, um, you know, having looked at the terms of reference and, and obviously having seen the composition of the task force itself, I do feel uh, a lot more confident that, uh, you know, certainly there is a path to getting uh, this project back on track. I, I was asking, I guess, somewhat rhetorically yesterday with that tight time frame, uh, if in fact, and it wouldn't be the task force members because most of them just found out this week that they were going to be asked to be on this committee. Uh, does the government already have a short list of where they would think this money should be spent? Well, I, you know, the the, the task force will be sitting down with the ministry on, on Tuesday, the secretariat, and, you know, I, I think there, there are still uh, way too many questions left to be answered. Um, and, uh, you know, Jen, Jeanette herself, and, and I saw her in uh, council on, on Wednesday night, so, you know, was, was uh, asked a, a number of questions from council that she wasn't able to answer uh, at this point in time. So obviously the task force members will know more by Tuesday. Um, obviously, yeah, I, I think that the, you know, the, the, the full uh, suite of options for the ministry are fairly limited uh, in this case. And um, so, you know, as I've said repeatedly, I think that when, when they look at this, when they look at the, the time uh, spent, the money spent uh, in planning this, when they look at how uh, transformational uh, this project uh, is, uh, is expected to be, when they look at all the investments that have already been uh, guided by uh, this promised investment, I do think that uh, when, you, when you lay that all out, that LRT looks uh, to be the best course of action. Is that still on the table, as far as you know? Yeah, it is. It, it, and it's explicitly within the terms of reference that the, uh, that the billion dollars can be spent uh, on LRT. So that's because we, we were getting mixed messages from some of the government agencies. And it really depended on who we were listening to at the particular time. And I know you've had some off-record conversations with some people uh, at Queen's Park in the last little yeah. while. Do, do, with And again, I don't want you to name names here because well, you won't. I know that. <laughs> but do you get the sense that they did they understand the full gravity and the full uh, impact that a decision like this was going to have? Not at all. Not at all. Um, I don't think that... Uh, 
that uh, everybody within the government actually knew about this. Um, and so uh, as a result, uh, I think that, you know, that disastrous day <laughs> in uh, that Monday that uh, Minister Mulroney came into to Hamilton, um, you know, I think that was an indicator, first and foremost, that they weren't prepared. They, they had no idea what they were doing. Um, and then they've been scrambling ever since. So, uh, no, it's, uh, that, that's, that's one of the most troubling aspects of this is, is uh, learning how it happened. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just going based on uh, insider information. Well, but, I've uh, heard, yeah. I, and I'm not asking you to confirm because you're not in cabinet, uh, that not everybody in, in government, not everybody in cabinet was aware this was even going to happen. That that seems incongruous to me. I mean, a, a decision of this magnitude with this much money involved, you'd think there would have been some sort of a discussion about it, yeah. if, if in fact that rumor is true. Well, yeah, and, and, and that's uh, exactly what I have heard as well. Um, and, uh, you know, so I think that some people should have asked a question about, you know, exactly what's going to be the impact of, of this. And, and if it had gotten up to the cabinet level, I think that that, that question would have been a, uh, asked. And in particular, I think uh, one of the big, uh, one of the big uh, blowbacks they've had is, is with regards to their relationship with Leuna. And, and I don't, nobody in this entire process ever asked, have we thought about <laughs> what Leuna is going to do uh, when we make this announcement? So um, yeah, certainly, uh, it was not uh, the 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 smartest uh, way of of doing this. Um, so uh, yeah, and and so as we see, uh, they're trying to to make up for that and and uh, trying to uh, and have you know they 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 announced a task force. But then they had to do all of this stuff to p to put the meat on the bones, and and that's why it's it's taken so long. So, it it, it really is troubling, like I said, uh, to learn how uh, this has been done, and um, you know it, it doesn't it doesn't give us a whole lot of confidence, uh, unfortunately, in this government, and when at a time when we need that more than ever. With that in mind, is there a possibility here that the government may actually walk back this decision? They have done it with other things they've announced. Yeah. Well. So. And one of the other things, I, I think that, you know, so I think that certain people thought that it would have been easy to kill this project because it was in Hamilton. Who cares, right? Uh, politically, who cares? Uh, we're an NDP town. Uh, this is Andrea Horvath's riding. So, um, you know, it was, it was a, a poke in her eye. Um, you know, they, they you you saw them also mention Stephen Del Duca uh, when uh, they killed this project because he was the the minister in charge. And he he may well be the next uh, yeah, liberal leader. So I, I think they were politically they were thinking, well, we can take out you know our rivals uh, in this regard. And, and again, who cares about Hamilton? What they did not uh, anticipate was that. Uh, how how much this would piss off the entire uh, Ontario business community because of course business relies on confidence um, and so you saw the Ontario Chamber of Commerce and so many of our other chambers uh, across the uh, the region uh, in particular the Toronto Region Board of Trade also uh, expressing dissatisfaction with this not only that but you also saw the Queen's Park Bureau uh, all the all the reporters there for all of the you know national and and provincial uh, papers and outlets. Uh, also, they they were really dogged. Uh, you remember the uh, on the day of yeah, yeah. Uh, you know the interviews that they did with uh, with Minister Mulroney uh, just on on that Monday night when she got back to Queens Park after receiving her uh, police escort out of town, and um, 
and and they too were uh, questioning this. And and again, it was it was about the process and how could this possibly happen so quickly and so disastrously. Um, and so they did not anticipate that it would um, it would resonate like that throughout the province. And in fact, um, elicit a lot of sympathy for Hamilton. There's something. Sometimes you you try to garner some information from what people tell you, even even though there might be a little you know political BS involved in it. But you get a, a gist as what's going on. But oftentimes you can learn a lot, an awful lot from somebody when they don't say something. And I was talking to a longtime insider uh, who's covered Queens Park, not Richard Brennan. We're going to talk with him a little later on, but somebody who's uh, covered Queens Park for the longest time about this decision. And and he said he says, have you noticed the premier has not come out in support of this? Right. He's not. He's not said anything about it, right. and he does with other, even unpopular, like his education policies and, and healthcare. He'll stand up there and try to justify them. I don't think he does a very good job of it, but he would do that. He said nothing about this, and, and yeah. he says, "I wonder if he even knew this was going to happen." Yeah, because right. yeah. they're not in session. He might not even have been in Toronto when somebody made this decision. Yeah. This may well, according to this, his speculation, may well have been a decision made somewhere down the ranks in in that ministry. Well, I, I do believe... We'll probably if, never find out the whole truth. I, I do believe if, if the premier knew about it, he would have said, hold on a second, uh, Leuna, <laughs> they're big supporters of mine. I'm big supporters of theirs. Um, you know, we can't well, you, you heard Joe this. Mancinelli on the show the day after the announcement yeah. was made. He was livid, as, as, as angry as I've seen Joe. I, in, in November, I was at the Ontario Economic Summit uh, that is uh, organized by the Ontario Chamber of Commerce, and it was Leuna, Joe in particular, that introduced the premier. And the premier gushed, uh, as he always does, about uh, his support for Leuna and how Leuna is a model union, and I, I agree with him on that. Um, and so supposedly uh, at, at that same time, uh, people within the government are working uh, assiduously to kill this project. It, it doesn't make sense to me at all. So I, I do think that uh, that's a very good um, supposition that he did not know. Now, again, you don't work for the city, you're not involved in this, but I mean, if we are going down this road, and this is speculative at this point, we understand that. Uh, and even at the end of February, if they come back with a recommendation that says, you know what, LRT is probably still going to be okay, let's, let's, do, let's do that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that's going to do, but it isn't, as you say, it's a possibility. How far have we been set back on this? Well, we've been set back uh, at least a few months, probably more, because now uh, we have to get the RFP process back up and running. And, uh, well, we got to go running down the road and chase all those people that we're going to invest here, too, because yeah. a lot of them have walked away. Well, and we have to assure them that we mean it when we uh, decide to go forward with it. Uh, the province has to show that. And so I don't know how they're going to do that. I, I actually think they're probably going to have to put more money on the table. <coughs> well, there's, there's going to have to be some bridge building, and I don't <laughs> just mean yeah. the one over the 403. <laughs> no. They're going to have to come back and cause say, hey, it was our bad, uh, yeah. let's, let's do something about this. Yeah. I, I don't know if, they've got the, if they're capable of doing that. And, and again, we're speculating, because they, they may come back with something altogether different. I know I've, I've talked to a number of people this week that said, you know what, that Rapid Ready report, that's where the money's going to go. And that, that's a possibility, too. Uh, that 700-page report that was released a few years ago now that talked about graduated uh, increased public transit. Who knows where they're going to go on this? Yeah, but LRT is the centerpiece of yep. the Rapid Ready yep. um, plan. So, yes. So, um, yeah. I'm going to play devil's advocate. It y- was yeah. the centerpiece, but it was also the last chapter in that 700 pages. They talked about uh, increasing transit services, increasing ridership uh, before that. And then, then the province came along and did what they did. So, But we are where we are now. That's, yeah. that's the end game. But, but we, we are within a year of breaking ground on this LRT project, right? We were. It, we were. So, um, to me, uh, 
we we need to go forward with that. Because and, and it, if that was the centerpiece, and and maybe the cart was before the horse, but we're so close, and and there's nothing wrong with with building it and expecting that people will come because uh, as I said uh, we've seen development all on the corridor that is all those are only going to be uh, primarily transit riders um, and so it was already uh, having the impact that uh, it was expected to have uh, so you know to me I, I think that if LRT is built, uh, the the very first day that uh, it opens, it's already a huge success and, and will allow us to do all those other things within Rapid Ready. As an engaged member of this community, and obviously as president and CEO of the chamber, how do you want to see this roll out? I mean, the, like you say, it's only about five or six weeks they've got to do this. Uh, there has to be, I would think, some public engagement. Yeah, well, so um, uh, thank you for that segue. Uh, we uh, So the terms of reference uh, require them to consider the interests of the business community uh, because uh, this is a provincial government that, uh, well, we thought uh, listened to the business community. I, I do think um, uh, I do take them at their word at that. Uh, so we, uh, the Hamilton Chamber, uh, the Hamilton Halton Home Builders Association, and the Realtors Association, uh, yesterday invited the task force to uh, an engagement with uh, the business community at some point before uh, their deadline of February. Um, so I look forward to working with the ministry and working with the secretariat to determine exactly, you know, how that engagement looks. But um, we have a lot of members uh, between the three of us that want to show uh, the task force and the province just how important this project is to their overall goals. And so, um, you know, we, we have hundreds of people uh, between the, the three of us that uh, would relish this opportunity to demonstrate uh, their support for this project. Which begs the question, did we do a good enough job selling this project in the past? Did we just, I mean, at the political level, I get that. I mean, we debated this thing until, you know, who knows long. But the public, I, I don't know that there was a whole lot of input from the public. In other words, if we'd done some of this before, would the, the government have understood the gravity of the situation and, and the importance of the situation? Well, I... I, I know that I have. I've been tireless in, in my uh, advocacy for this. And, and um, you know, th I can only control what I can control, which is, you know, our membership. And I know that, uh, you know, as, uh, as I have continued my advocacy for this, um, you know, more and more members uh, have understood how important this is and, and they themselves um, become supporters and you, you hope that that spreads down through their uh, employee base and and out uh, amongst friends and family. Uh, I think the mayor has, has done a good job of, of championing this and as we saw um, last year, he was elected uh, very handily on uh, what was, uh, many say, a referendum on LRT. Um, you know, I, I think there are some people who have demagogued this <clears throat> the other way and, and tried to foment uh, a lot of consternation among uh, among the populace and, you know, taking advantage of, of people's fear of, of change and disruption. I think, you know, that's the big thing here. But I always say, Bill, you know, if once we get if we could just push through this, once we get to the end and, and the LRT project is up and running and, and people are, are seeing it um, and, and, and understanding the impacts and and uh, nobody will say that it, we shouldn't have done this and everybody will say they were for it all along and 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 we see that time and time again in communities across North America and uh, that's what I've always been banking on we are uh, going to meet one of the members of that panel in just a couple of minutes we'll do a short break first of all those we uh, get together here Keenan thanks so much for this we'll talk soon thanks Bill 
You're listening to the Bill Kelly Show podcast on 900 CHML. Well, the uh, task force has been announced. Uh, we knew that, uh, of course, Jeanette Smith, the uh, city manager, was going to be one of those. But uh, the other members of the uh, uh, committee have now been named. One of them is uh, well, it's a guy who's been a, a regular guest on our program, thankfully. Uh, Richard Brennan, of course, is a retired journalist. He covered Queens Park and uh, Parliament Hill for many, many years. Uh, retired now, living in the area, and uh, a member of this task force. He joins us on the Bill Kelly Show to talk about this. Uh, Badger, thanks for the time. Uh, congratulations on the appointment, I guess. Well, thanks, Bill. I really appreciate it. How'd you find out about this? Well, I just, uh, you know, I got a call from the uh, transportation minister, uh, Carolyn Mulroney, and asked me if I'd be interested in uh, sitting on there, taking part in this task force, and I said I'd be uh, very interested. Uh, in fact, I'm uh, I'm pretty overwhelmed by the opportunity to take part, you know, in trying to shape uh, the future of transportation in Hamilton. Well, it's interesting. I know you and I have had some offline conversations and, frankly, some online conversations about uh, some of the government decisions and uh, the transportation. So, I mean, you, you can, just about everybody I know that's on this committee can pretty much hit the ground running because they're pretty familiar with the issues. Well, and, and you know, some maybe even more than and I, uh, I am, but uh, I'll tell you, I've always had an interest in transportation. I was once a transportation writer at the Toronto Star years ago when the earth was still cooling. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm very interested in, in what, you know, what uh, shape or, or the project may take uh, to improve, improve the transportation system in Hamilton. I mean, if Hamilton has got a benefit from this. So that's what we'll be putting our heads together and deciding what, what best to do that or how best to do that. You haven't got much time, though. Well... No, you know, we the end of uh, February, but you know things can things can extend, you know, if if necessary. And plus, we'll we'll be in and out of the picture, you know, probably you know till the end of the year or more. But this is a this is a, a very important decision. I mean, we're just making we'll make recommendations. It doesn't sit on our shoulders, but we'll make recommendations and how best to see that this this money is is spent and how it. The best benefit the, the city. My understanding uh, is that is that the you know the terms of reference etc. The province will set. I guess you, I'm sure, is going to be on the agenda on Tuesday when you guys have your first meeting about this. Oh yeah, but you know, I mean, it's it just uh, the, the projects have to include public transit projects, including LRT, and not necessarily LRT or highway projects or whatever it, it really takes to you know, shape the future of, of Hamilton's transportation needs. Well, and that's one of the questions that I was asked yesterday, and, and maybe, well, it's a little early for you to shed the light on this, but, I mean, they were saying, is this going to be simply city transit, i.e., you know, public transport, or are you looking at things like Metrolinx and, and GO trains and things of that nature? We'll be looking, uh, and I'm not trying to dodge your question, Bill, because, I mean, I haven't had that meeting yet, not to, but we'll be looking at all kinds of things. But it is to benefit Hamilton. You know, to is to benefit the residents and the economy of Hamilton. Period. So, with that in mind, then, well, I guess you'll you have to narrow things down in the passage of time. Where, where do you get the information, though, Badger? I mean, is there a, a list you reference the city here? I mean, are there projects that are already on the books that you, you might want to look at? Oh, well, where, that, in other words, know, there's got to be a starting point, doesn't it? We're going, you know, going to be, you know, uh, Janet Smith, the city manager for Hamilton, will. will Bring her expertise and probably suggestions, and 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 the Metro Links will will certainly you know bring forward ideas. And I mean, there's there's no shortage. Of, there will be no shortage of 
ideas of, of how this this money can be best spent and how what kind of recommendations at the end of February or or, or even later to the minister uh, how this can be done. The other element of this too, and uh, this is you're falling into the realm of, uh, of of an advisory committee here. You're going to have to do an awful lot of listening in the, in a short period of time. Well, I listened for a long forty three years. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm you know I. You know, and yet listen and learn. That's what that's what it's about. You know, you keep your mouth shut and your ears open. I just I've got to, we've got to all find out what's, you know, what is where's the best avenue to what's the best avenue to take. Now, obviously, in the first meeting, you'll you'll establish the agenda and and the the fashion in which you want to do this. But do you anticipate there's going to be a lot of opportunities here for public info, input into this? To tell you the truth, Bill, I I don't know at this point. And I'll probably, like I say, when we have our first meeting, I'll be able to uh, tell you more. But, you know, I, I'm certain everybody's going to have an opinion, and we'll somehow or some way probably hear about it. I'm not sure, sure it'll be directly or we'll, how we're going to do it. But, uh, I mean, that's going to all be established uh, after we have our, our meeting. Uh is this binding? I mean, are you just simply going to make uh, do a report and give it to the government, and, and and then is the ball in their court, or are they? How much weight are they going to put into this? I guess that's the the the, the question a lot of people are asking. Well, I mean, I I can't tell you that because I I don't know. That's entirely up to the government. I mean, they I I think the government's doing this for a reason, and and they want to get input from the five members. And, you know. How seriously they take it? I think it's going to be taken very seriously, and and how much weight they give it to it—that is completely up to the government. It's uh, an interesting twist on this, and uh, I, I, as you know, if you listened to the, the show yesterday, I was rather skeptical about this because I wondered just who was going to be on this. Because uh, I don't want to start throwing stones right now with the government, but I mean they have had a propensity for making patronage appointments and people that probably shouldn't be in there, but. Uh, I kind of like the composition here, and I'm not just trying to blow smoke at you here, but there's some pretty good people and some pretty insightful people on oh, this panel. Absolutely, and uh, uh, I can I can speak myself. I've, I'm a political agnostic. I've never uh, been a partisan of any party, so maybe that's why they asked me. Uh, and, you know, we've got expertise from Mac, you know, we've got expertise from Leuna, you know, and, and uh, you know, certainly Tony Valeri, and... and and, and Miss Smith, I mean, this this is all. I hope, you know, and I believe that this will all come to you know a, a good end and, and and make a recommendation that will benefit the city. Well, we'll talk more about this in the uh, weeks ahead, I'm sure. But uh, congratulations on this. I know you're looking forward to it. And uh, thanks again for the time today, Badger. Okay, thanks, Bill. Richard Brennan, of Bye. course, who is uh, now a member of the Transportation Tax for- Task Force, rather that uh, will be uh, charged with uh, deciding how to spend or recommending how, how to spend that billion dollars. You're listening to the Bill Kelly Show podcast on 900 CHML. I want to switch over a couple of other things that we talked about through the course of the week because there have been some new developments in arenas and downtown redevelopment uh, with uh, some high-profile individuals that have weighed in on this in the last 24 hours or so. And uh, to that end, we want to bring Jason Farr, the counselor for downtown in Ward 2 specifically, onto the Bill Kelly Show to talk about this. Jay, thank you for the time. Glad you could join us today. Thank you, Bill. Let me first, uh, I, I want to get into a couple of things, but let's start with the Vrancor letter that you guys got uh, and, and their proposal for downtown. Uh, this interesting, uh, the timing here, because you dealt with the Lime Ridge Mall situation, of course, at Council. Uh, then the next day, uh, this is on our desk, and I assume on your, but it didn't just fall out of the sky. I assume there's been some discussions going on for some time here. 
Yeah, I mean, I think last time we talked, I had mentioned, I had alluded to in the coming weeks, we're going to be hearing more. And obviously, I think uh, uh, both uh, Rancor and uh, with PJ's group, uh, out of respect for where council was in terms of uh, contemplating Limeridge, everything was quiet. And of course, the next day you saw those two releases. And um, obviously, there's been a lot of work. Yeah, Bill. And I, I think, uh, judging from what I've read, and I read both just as you have and many people at this point, um, there's still plenty of work to do. And I think February 5th will be a turning point on this as it relates to the mandate uh, down here with our entertainment precincts. Yeah, that's part two of this. That uh, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I've got a copy of the letter that uh, PJ McCanty and his group uh, sent to, you, to the mayor and to council uh, just the other day, which kind of, it's, I guess he classified it as an update. But it's really kind of a, a letter to suggest, hey, we're still here and we're still working on this, uh, and we're here for you. But you you, you combine that with the, with Rancor's uh, announcement, or at least proposal anyway, uh, and there's a symmetry to this. And it, it, it seems as if everything that PJ has talked about, everything that you've talked about, seems to be on the table now. Yeah, and I think, um, and PJ even identified uh, in his um, uh, correspondence that, you know, this is the result of uh, listening to what, you know, council's been talking about since really de-amalgamating HECFI, bringing, uh, uh, you know, third-party operators for our facilities into the play, I don't know, was that six, seven years ago now, and then ultimately leading towards uh, finding operation capital dollars from the private sector and less, even less of a burden on the on the taxpayers. And so, uh, and that was alluded to, those motions. So, um, you know, both are, you know, as you said it, Bill, I mean, Brancor, I mean, that letter from Brancor uh, was addressed to us by, you know, Mario Frankovich. I mean, if there, I don't know if there's a more respected individual from Hamilton in the investment world, Burge Invest Securities, been at it for 25 years. And uh, to see names like that associated to what is essentially a term sheet at this point. So, so it comes off as pitches, but uh, basically they're throwing stuff out there uh, for contemplation and then ultimately a decision on a way forward on how to turn term sheets into uh, MOUs and those sorts of things or contracts. And the same with, uh, you know, PJ. I mean, you know, you've got Leuna referenced and Fengate and, uh, and others, uh, you know, m- many hyper-local and many proven in, in terms of hundreds of millions of dollars in investments, and not just in the downtown, but uh, really devoted Hamilton citizens. So, uh, you know, it's pretty impressive so far. Right now we're dealing with essentially four pages, two from each, and, and uh, ultimately we have to uh, hear from staff on that on February 5th and sort of uh, put our, our path forward for the the months to follow, not, you know, six months or a year, but, you know, a couple of months it's probably going to take to come up with some, you know, which, which proposal works uh, the best in the interest of the taxpayers. Yeah, we were emailing back and forth, Mario Frankovich and I, uh, yesterday, and uh, so we'll have him on the show next week, as a matter of fact, sometime, and yeah, hopefully good. we're going to sit down and get some of the details about this. But this, there's another question, though, that i, I got to bring into this. Yep. Uh, because there's one disgruntled business person in ta- that's downtown right now, too, for, at least for the time being. And that, of course, is Michael Andlar because of the decision that was made. Uh, why wasn't he part of this discussion? Well, I can't speak for those two. Let's call them consortia. So I can't speak for Grandcore, and I can't. And I, I'm sorry. I, I wanted to memorize what PJ's uh, dubbing his group uh, downtown. The, the Hamilton Urban Precinct Arts and Entertainment Group. Great. We need. <laughs> okay. Put that on a business card. <laughs> we we need. There's uh, going to be an acronym for it some at some point. I'm sure. We need to let them speak for themselves, and I know you'll be talking to reps uh, uh, from both sides. 
in the coming days, like you say, with Mario, and, and they're best to probably answer that question. But one of, one of the things that I speculated with you the last time you and I got into it with respect to the Limerich proposal bill was that I would be very surprised if Michael Landlauer was not uh, at least advised or uh, kept abreast of the other things going on uh, with respect to these two consortia that are interested in, in fulfilling the mandate. Um, what I, I, you know, and I still don't know whether or not that was the case at the very least phone calls and, Hey, you know, we know you're making a big pitch and your priority is on the central mountain right now, but here's come some of the things that we're doing and we'd love for you to, you know, talk further with us. So that's, you know, their plan, it appears for both, uh, both referencing, um, you know, uh, respect for Michael Landlauer as most of council, I think has done. Uh, and uh, the uh, willingness to sit down and say, what are your needs? And, and you know, and when both are, are, are talking about in terms of the arena, I mean, you and I are talking now, obviously, about an entertained precinct, uh, First Ontario Centre uh, Concert Hall. We're talking about a massive expansion, according to these term sheets and these proposals of our convention facilities. But as the arena uh, 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 focused in on uh, a redevelopment. Uh, and uh, with that, of course, that is the home of the Bulldogs. And quite naturally, um, they would not want to be having a conversation with uh, with Mr. Anlauer. Well, and, and, and again, I'm not laying this all on City Council's part, but I mean, you as the, the councillor for this area, uh, who's been having some conversation, I guess, uh, from time to time with Mr. Anlauer and Steve Steos and, and other members of that organization, because uh, Michael Andelar has told us, and he stated on this program uh, some time ago, before he really started to throw his, his support behind the Limeridge proposal, that he was more than willing to, to entertain a, a downtown arena. It's just he can't wait eight or ten years for it to happen, that's all. I mean, he's, he's, he's a businessman, as these other people are. And I'm, I'm just surprised. I know I did not talk to Michael Andelar yesterday. I, he was unavailable, but I did talk to some people in the organization. And to their knowledge, uh, there, there was no communication about this. And I figure, if you want this guy on the team, and if you want this guy to be the anchor tenant for this new arena, or this uh, redesigned arena, whatever it's going to be, uh, it's more than courtesy. It's good business sense to call and bring him into the pack. And I don't think that happened. At least the information I have is that it didn't happen. Yeah, I, you know, word on the street was it was it, for 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 me, and and this is this is just word on the street stuff, Bill. That Mike would have at least, you know, on a very high level, been aware that there's two consortia out there working on a term sheet to fulfill the mandate on on rejuvenating our entertainment precincts in the core. Whether or not there were board meetings or they went for beers, I couldn't tell you. You'd have to ask Michael directly, I guess. But regardless of that, it's reassuring, I think, to both of us and a lot of fans of the Bulldogs and, and our, our prime tenant at First Ontario Centre right now that they're referencing how important it is that the owner of the Hamilton Bulldogs be part of the conversation going forward. And he told me the same thing uh, Michael Landlauer did when he delegated here. He is not taking downtown off the table. He obviously had a priority. Uh, and now I, I believe he should be satisfied that at least um, both these consortia fulfilling this mandate or attempting to have an interest in uh, making Andlauer part of the greater discussion, let's say. Well, and the, and again, the, I'm, I'm reading these, these press releases as well, uh, as you have. And we knew Vrancor was, was hovering over this, and, mm-hmm. you know, you've had a couple of reports done on this, and we get that. But I, I, I'm just looking at this as an observer, because I'm not in on any of these meetings, but I, I think I have a pretty keen interest in some knowledge as to what you guys are trying to do here. Mm-hmm. And uh, I uh, and I'll use last uh, council meeting the other, earlier this week as an example. 
I, I, I think there's an awful lot of people that haven't showed very much respect to Michael Andelar and the work that he's done and the dedication and money that he's put in to this project right now. Even some of your council colleagues uh, not only voted down Limeridge, but made some rather disparaging remarks about Mr. Andelar and his, and his, his hockey team, uh, which I found to be quite insulting, and I'm sure he did as well. Uh, I'm sure you heard the interview I did with him where he seemed quite disappointed, not just with the decision, but the way in which he's been treated. Um, if you want him to be part of this, I, I, I think there's some bridge building that has to happen here. Uh, and I was surprised when I read Vrancor's release and also P.J. Mercanti's, uh, if, if this is such a good news story, and I think there's a great element of good news in this, uh, why isn't Mr. Andlar endorsing this? Why isn't he supporting it? I think it's because he didn't have any knowledge of it. Or he may, I think, he, again, you know, speculation is that uh, at the very least, at a high level, he was aware there was two consortia out there. I'd be very, very surprised if there was an initial contact, but I, I'm going to let Michael uh, speak to that. And to the man himself and the organization himself, I can only speak for myself, and I have uh, the utmost respect. I, I talked to President Steve Steos on the street a week and a half ago. He was not in a great mood, and I completely understood why, and I stood there and I let him uh, vent and, and uh, uh, appreciated where he was coming from. I have great respect for President Steos and the Bulldogs organization. You know, from back in the day when I worked as your colleague across the hall, Bill, it, yep. you know, there was, there was, there was lots of fun public relations going on then. And I've established relationships with this organization and they are, it is a mandate. And Steve will tell you this, uh, Steos, of the Hamilton Bulldogs, uh, operation to act in a first class capacity to be the classiest OHL franchise in the league they are i have stated that publicly it was never personal it was about approximately 95 million taxpayer dollars on a limebridge deal when now we're starting to see um zero subsidy from the taxpayer zero uh, uh input uh in terms of uh, uh monetary input uh and and a mandate that we did try to bring up from time to time when we said look out of respect for you mr anlauer we'll take a look at this proposal we'll get staff to report back but the reality is we are focused through motion by councillor marula seconded by myself and the focus has been on on the downtown now ultimately and for those who are are equally passionate about uh the the bulldogs and the, and, and the man michael anlauer these two proposals when you get a closer look uh, on surface as it stands right now and now publicly from both the consortia are looking at a redevelopment of First Ontario Centre that is going to upgrade it to the point where it'll be a phenomenal fan experience should either of the two come to fruition with the technological uh, uh, aspects that they're putting in, the, uh, the, the feeling of, you know, the two bowls not, is too much for an OHL game and to, to renovate in a capacity where it's more intimate uh, for experiences of a 4,000, 5,000 fan base, but still have the opportunity to have those major events that bring, you know, 17,500 uh, people to fill the seats like the Junos and the CMAs. So there's a, there's, there's a redevelopment proposal from each that if Ann Lauer is not a big part of that conversation going forward, I would be, and, and probably be a big part of the conversation with both consortia, unless one is lucky enough to grab them and make it exclusive, uh, I would be very surprised if he wasn't part of it. Well, as I say, I've got happen. we've got to call into. I'll, I'll get the the little down from Michael himself. I'm sure in the, in the next yes. couple of days, uh, we got to break it. I, I just I've, I'm reading the reports again as you and I are talking here, and I mean I feel like the the guy in the lottery commercials. I mean at this point we're dreaming big. Uh, you know, there's, <laughs> yes. we we need to see some details and some money on yes. the table, and we'll we'll talk again after that. Thanks for the time today, Jay. Yeah, you're looking at term sheets February 5th. We'll we'll pare it down a little bit. Okay, It'll be a little easier to see where we're going in the future. Your future, Bill. Where to council?
sponsor, Jason Fire. Thanks again, Jay. Thank you, Bill. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML. The Bill Kelly Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also listen to The Bill Kelly Show weekdays from 9 till noon on 900 CHML. I'm Bill Kelly. Thanks again for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. It's free, so you never miss an episode. And make sure that you rate and review.